Hello and welcome to the 12 Minutes of Workplace Health podcast. I'm Harry Bliss, CEO and co-founder of Champion Health, and today we're joined by M Stroud. M takes the principles of performance to help businesses and people thrive by bringing happiness, confidence and laughter into the workplace. M is a bundle of energy and I can't wait for her to share her expertise with you. Welcome to the podcast, Em. Hello, Em. How are you? I'm really good, thank you. Thanks for having me, Harry. Not at all. Been really looking forward to this one. Um, and we're going to discuss all things around public speaking, importance of laughter in the workplace, all the way through to personal development. So an action-packed session today. I'm going to start with um, the importance of laughter in the workplace. And it's something that we often ignore. And we need to get our work done within our working day. But how important is laughter to producing better quality work and reducing staff turnover, all of those kinds of things that organisations want to be doing? It's it's so important. And I think somewhere along the line, we forgot that actually we spend a lot of time at work. So how can we find the levity? How do we find the lightness? How do we find all of that? And I think it doesn't mean that every meeting you have to go to has to be hysterical or a comedy set or anything like that but that connection because obviously when we laugh it does brilliant things to our brains and it also helps us connect with people across cultures and diversity and when we find that that shared camaraderie then that is when magic can happen and also we always remember when we've had a really good laugh so we feel better but yet sometimes at work we don't let ourselves do that and um, I read a stat recently which has just really stayed with me when we're three, we laugh 300 times a day. When we're 43, we laugh 300 times a month. Something has gone a little bit awry, in my opinion. So for me, laughter at work and allowing that light actually then also helps us be more productive, more successful, etc. And with laughter, we can't force laughter upon people. No. Um, how, how do we develop that culture where laughter is a part of the working day without forcing it? Yeah, because you're right. And and I think lots of people quite often push back of like, yeah, but I'm not funny or everything like that. But everybody, I truly believe all humans can have a real sense of levity. So it's about having that lightness, that lightness when you walk into a space. It's simple things like just smiling, just that basic human engagement piece. And if you just kind of allow ourselves to be dare I say, a bit more curious, a bit more full of wonder, by that very essence, if every person does that, then there's that levity and levity will naturally, I believe, always kind of lead to laughter. And, you know, and just just feeling like there's a lightness of touch, even when you're doing very serious grown up business, naturally creates a bit more space for there to actually just be that enjoyment. And surely we're humans doing work, you know, it's all of that stuff. We want to enjoy ourselves. And if people enjoy themselves, then people stay at work longer, retention, all of those good things. Yeah. And we spend a third of our life at work, I've seen recently. Uh, That's a long time. That's a Uh, really long time. A really long time. So we do need to enjoy it, find that sense of purpose. And I think for too long, people have seen those two things just being opposite and counterproductive. Um, whereas actually what the research is saying is that they're really joined up. And one of the things I just wanted to touch base with you on is around psychological safety. And when I felt psychologically safe, I have laughed with the people around me. On, yeah. the, on, the, the, on the opposite, I've when I've not felt psychologically safe, I've not had that laughter. And that's something that's really important within our workplaces. Mm. So just moving on now to public speaking, is it something that I talk to other aspiring well-being leaders in the space um, because when we're delivering mental health training sessions or anything else public speaking is a crucial part 
of it, even through to the job interview itself. Mm. You're an expert public speaker. You are fantastic at it. What advice could you give to our listeners when it comes to public speaking? I think the first thing is to change the language that we use around that phrase, public speaking and presenting. Because as soon as we do that, it has a status, which then instantly links us to fear, anxiety. I'm not very good at it, or I am very good at it, and whatever we've kind of conditioned ourselves to think. Whereas if we really go in and just sort of think, I'm actually just talking, I'm going in and I'm going to talk, then suddenly it already changes the dynamic. So I think that's a really important shift. I think the other bit that really helps people that I've worked with across the world is when you're connected to what you're talking about, just like you are, Harry, like you love this stuff. And when you're connected, it's about having the emotional connection. So it's your heart as well as your head. Because I think when people go so into their head and they think I've got to deliver all of this stuff, then they're not in their body. They're not connected. And to get into your body then actually this is where the world of performing can really teach people in business. It's like, there's a reason why performers, why we rehearse things out loud. Because if you haven't rehearsed something out loud, you don't know how it sounds. And so quite often the first time you say it is the first time you're doing it. And then your inner voice will be like, oh, you've messed that up. You said it too fast. They're not liking it. Whereas actually, if you've just rehearsed maybe the first 30 seconds of what you're going to deliver, you already know what's going to come out of your mouth so you can feel more relaxed. So for me, just by doing those tiny, tiny little things, you can feel differently. And if you're talking about stuff you like, then it's just enjoying it and being yourself, right? Yeah. And you've heard of glassophobia, the the phrase glassophobia. So I had that when I was younger in terms of a fear of public speaking, my voice quivered, for example. And the one tip that my dad gave me was to pretend that the nerves were excitement. Mm-hmm. And it suddenly changed the anxiety into something that helped me perform. Um, and I, I completely agree that we need to take the principles from performers rehearsing within there to be able to improve our, our speaking within. And this also ties into personal development that I really wanted to talk to you about today. In relation to there's a lot of people that listen to this podcast that want to grow as individuals and within their teams as well. What's the the big thing that's stopping individuals from growing within their organisations personally and and also professionally from what you've seen over, over the years? I think the main thing is that people don't allow themselves the space. I think the main thing, whether that's CEOs, whether that's people that want to become CEOs or graduate level, I think the main thing that I witness as the barrier for anybody changing, myself included, Mm. is that we don't create the space to really do that. And what I mean by that, it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to go off and do weeks long of retreats and all of that stuff. But it's how do you actually reflect on the how you're showing up? and the how you're feeling about things. Because we move from one conveyor belt of busyness to the next busyness and then the next one. And then we kind of get to our, I don't know, performance appraisal or something like that. And suddenly you go, I I know I've done loads, but I can't remember any of it. And so for me, the most important thing to shift, change and grow in whatever way you want to, is that you have to allow yourself to have that space to think about what you've done, to then think about incremental behavioral changes. And I think when we do that, when I witness people doing that, 
and allowing themselves to self-reflect with kindness. Yeah. So being kind and gentle on themselves rather than, oh, I should have messed up. I messed up that. It's also really kind of going, but what did I do really well? You know, we quite easily go, oh, I'll dismiss this. Like, you know, you're doing this podcast, Harry. And it's like, that went really well. But no doubt in your head, there's will be like, oh, I could have done that or I should have done that. And it's like, celebrate the fact you're even doing a podcast and doing all that stuff, you know? Yeah, and I, I suppose our brains are wired to think the other way, and it's almost using those brain hacks to be able to support ourselves to grow as well. And my final question, and this is the one that I've wanted to ask you for a long time, Em, is where uh, do you get your energy from? You've just got <laughs> such an infectious energy um, when, whenever you join a call or whenever you meet someone. Where do you get that from? Is that something that's just innate, or is that something that you work on individually? It's it's a mixture. Firstly, thank you. It's a mixture. Um I have over my own journey and my own sort of development really realized that self-care and reflection and creating the life that I want, so not just work, but the life that I want is a conscious choice. So there's that. Secondly, I genuinely do what makes my heart sing, right? So it's really easy. I get to call, chat to cool people like you. I don't meet any, you know, and I get to work with people. And for me, it's like, I feel very blessed that I'm, very purpose-driven as an individual, which has really helped me. Um, a little bit is innate. I think I've always had this kind of high level of energy, which is why I have to do quite a lot of sport. Otherwise, I'm just a nightmare for myself, let alone anybody else. Um, but the thing is, and I, I guess part of being um, a clown, which I am, is that we're very curious. And so when I meet people, I always want to know what kind of makes them tick. But yeah. I also am really aware I can only show up as the best version of me. It's all I can do. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us on today's podcast, Em. Been lovely. Thank you. For more exclusive insights and content around workplace wellbeing, please subscribe to this podcast and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode.